Gurn with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Just as, I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And Tyler, I want to ask you a quick question before we start. Okay. Are we giving Dan Mullen a lifetime contract today? Or next week don't after Tennessee. Any, we don't give anyone a lifetime contract except <laughs> for bad coaches at FSU. You know this. <laughs> oh, we will get to Florida State in a bit, my friend. Don't you worry. Um, but no, I'm just I'm just messing around. Um, obviously, I'm talking in reference to probably the best display against Alabama without an actual victory in the past decade, if I'm going to do say so myself. What a caveat. What a ca- <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's gotta, it's gotta be a little lame. Like, <laughs> listen, listen. I, I've been, I, I work in sports, in stats, right, in sports analytics, and I'm so used to my, um, my, the website that we use at work, you know, our, our product. I'm so used to like putting a thousand filters on things to find a specific stat that, like, that didn't even bother me. The fact that yeah. I put 17 qualifiers on this one game against Alabama, no, I mean, which we lost, by the way. I will say, I will say, I mean, like, we'll, we'll talk about it in just a second, but, uh, I mean, Florida, the last two seasons has played Alabama closer than anyone else in the country mm-hmm. in Agreed. two different ways. I think that's the biggest caveat, two different ways. But before we get to that, Tyler, um, we are going to be reviewing all of week three. The Florida-Alabama game is not only the game closest to our hearts, but it was the game of the week. It was a top 15 matchup. Um, the Swamp was was bumping. It was packing. And the number one team in the country got outplayed, question mark. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but first, I want to apologize to the entire Sideline Judgment community. I was swamped with work last week, towards the end of the week, and I never put out an edition of the Sideline Judgment newsletter. So I apologize. I know. I know. I apologize, um, but I do want to guarantee that there will be one this week and there might be two this week. So in order to find out if there will be two and not just one, you're going to have to send your email to sidelinejudgment at gmail.com so I can put you on the newsletter um, and you can receive those within your email. Now, with that being said, Tyler, we're going to get to the notable games. We're going to get to a beautiful, fantastic perfection week in five wide for me and in two point. But before we get to that, Tyler, we have to talk about the Gator game. Alabama 31, Florida 29. Um, Typically, we go offense, defense, special teams, what we like. But let's just open the floodgates, Tyler. What did you think of the game? Um, It's just an open question this time. Uh, There were two different games were played here. There was the game that happened in the first quarter, and then there was the game that happened in the other three quarters. Yes. In the sense that the first quarter went – Pretty much exactly the way I was prepared for this game to go. Absolutely. Alabama got out to a twenty-one to three lead, and Florida wasn't even like offensively. They weren't even playing that bad. Like they were moving right. the ball a couple. Like it wasn't three and outs necessarily. There was that one pick, which was uh, not the worst pick in the world. Just a, uh, an overthrow um, right. by Emory Jones. The defense looked 
not as lost as they were last year, but just not in the same realm of personnel. And I was prepared for that. So it went pretty much the way I, I expected it to. And then something changed in the second quarter. Um, Florida, who has the second rushing, second ranked rushing attack in the nation, which mm-hmm. I, I felt very good about, was able to run on Alabama. Florida, on both defensive and offensive line, pushed Alabama around the last three quarters of this game. Say it again. Say it again because it's hard to believe. Florida whooped Alabama's ass on the line of scrimmage for three of the four quarters of this game. Yeah. And that is not a statement. If we won this game prior prior to this game being played on Saturday, if you told me, hey, I'm looking to the future, we would win this game or we're going to be within two points, I'd have been like, Emory Jones is throwing it all over the place, big plays – um, and we are just I, I might have, I honestly might have said that Anthony Richardson got in the game in the second quarter yeah. and turned it around. <laughs> yeah, I, I would never have expected because I don't think anyone for as long as Nick Saban's been in Alabama there, you could probably count on one hand the amount of times you could say that Saban's team got bullied on the line of scrimmage. I honestly um, can't remember the last. I know it has happened, but I can't remember the last time it has happened. Maybe the Clemson national title. With Trevor Lawrence, maybe that, that, that might be the, the last time. And that was really just their de- Clemson's defensive line pushed exactly. Alabama around. Like Clem- Clemson's uh, Alabama's uh, defensive Alabama's defensive line that year mm-hmm. was really good. Out, tri- they weren't losing because they were getting pushed around on the ground. They were just right. Trevor Lawrence was making dynamite throws. Both sides of the ball pushed Alabama around this year. Uh, the swamp was rocking. I could tell from out here in california yeah. my dad kept trying to facetime me from there and i mean i couldn't hear anything but he was <laughs> seemed very happy um that absolutely played a factor bryce young looked very rattled he's a redshirt fresh quarterback in his third start ever in his first true road start i it's totally like mm-hmm. understandable still made some really good plays i'm very proud of the way that florida 99 percent of the time a team gets down 21 to 3 to alabama that's it go home pack it up I was going to sit and watch the rest of the game, but I was like, okay, we tried. Florida didn't do that. They continued to stay in the game. The defense held held their own in a lot of ways. I cannot, I cannot emphasize this enough. Florida outgained Alabama, outrushed Alabama by a significant margin, pushed them around. Uh, Florida's offensive line pushed Alabama's defensive line around. Emory Jones didn't spiral out of control after his first interception. He only threw one interception. He he looked the most in control he had felt all season. He still kind of leaves a lot to be desired from the drop back passing game. But Mullen was calling a great game, and I've heard it. I've heard it said. I didn't want to say it because I didn't. I felt like it was a Florida fan. But I've heard other people that aren't Florida fans say that it, this felt like a game where Nick Saban is endlessly grateful that they ran out of time. Yeah, like, and and honestly, you have to. I know I've been talking for a while, but um, special teams is a part of the reason that Florida was down in this game. Now that's not an excuse because there's so many other things. Because that missed kick, that missed extra point happened mm-hmm. so early in the game, right? That like I'm not willing to say that that's what really cost it because there's a lot of things that happen. But if if this game went on for another five to 10 minutes Florida wins in my opinion I think mm-hmm. because it was basically Alabama was just holding on and I don't mean to say that as like 
we were robbed or anything, like Gators were robbed or anything. No, that's just the way it was going. I know Nick Saban's happy right now because they got the win, and he has a million things that he can coach into his team now. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest things I took from the game, Tyler, was you have coined this phrase, you can't let Alabama beat you twice. You can't lose to Alabama and then let that kind of sink in with you the following week. Not only do I think that won't happen with the Gators, I don't even think Florida let Alabama beat them, period. I understand Florida lost the game and Alabama won the game, but this was not a demoralizing Alabama. And listen, when I left the when I left my house, um, I said goodbye to my dad and my stepmom, and I told them, I'm either going to be really happy when I get home or I'm going to be really sad when I get home. And I was surprised that I wasn't either of those emotions when I got home. I was very down the middle because, like you said, Florida dominated the line of scrimmage on the other side of the ball as well. Bryce Young got was getting some pressure on him on him the entire game. The defensive line stepped up really well. The linebacking core stepped up really well, especially after losing your starting after losing your starting Ventral captain Miller. in Ventrell Miller for the for the season. Hopefully he can get back for postseason play, but I mean, you lose a captain, your quarterback of the defense there. Um, the defense, in my opinion, played fantastic. Like you said, there's the first quarter and there's everything else. Credit to Todd Grantham. We have we have um, dragged Tom Grantham down so much over the past year and a half, and rightfully so. But yeah. in this game, the players not only executed what was told, but Grantham was able to scheme really well. You, he he third and Granthamed in a good way, and not often. You know, it, it yeah. wasn't that the pressure was giving up these big plays or these quick screen passes, and and they were there, finding there ways were to some beat it. Disappointing third downs that Alabama converted, but almost all of them were because of penalties and not because mm-hmm. of like a bust right. in the scheme or anything like exactly, that. Exactly, like, exactly. And, and you know listen, what? You got to live with that as a football fan. Thank I don't want to get into I'm, like a fish, officiating thing here. We like, have the um, official sideline judgment motto. There are – you can't let individual officiating mistakes throw you off and bl- and then and you end up blaming that to win. That's not the sideline judgment motto. That's not the way that it goes. Um, I think, Tyler, that – to be honest, that one controversial that's been circling Twitter over the past 24, 48 hours of the Elam pass interference on third mm-hmm. down, I thought it was pass interference. If you look at the play, there's a there's a good article on The Athletic that kind of breaks down a few of the controversial penalties in that game on both sides. And there's a shot where you see Elam grab on the opposite shoulder pad and the jersey moves over. And if I'm the official that's facing the wide receiver in that scenario and I see a defender's arm across the Cross the entire body, grab a jersey and pull down. I'm going to throw the flag every time as well. Yeah. I understand that it was a bit ticky tack, and but that's just as I a mean, Gator fan. I mean, and and but that just goes to the whole thing of you can't let the officials um, call in the game. You can't blame it on that. I you mean, know? the officials are not responsible for the missed extra point. The officials are not responsible for them not converting a two second down. Uh, for not converting a two-point conversion. The mm-hmm. officials are not responsible for for Emory Jones throwing a pick. The officials are not responsible for pretty much all the Bama touchdowns. Like, right, right. Um, officials Agreed. can change games a lot, but you we, you guys know the motto that we have. It's like you – officials may get five calls bad, but you got – there's about 90 other plays that are played in a football game that you have to make right. matter. So, and granted, um, this was a bad weekend for SEC officials across yeah, college we'll football. They made some later. mistakes. Um, but – Besides that, I also want to give Emory Jones his flowers. I think that yeah, we, I think that sure. we as a podcast, we as a Florida fan base, need to 
give this man an apology. We need to realize that he had his first two starts ever in college football. He sat for three, two and a half, three seasons, and he comes out and he plays against the best team in the country because, as we'll talk about later, it seems like this year is a bit more open than other years, but it's I clear am, that Alabama's a better team. I am convinced this is a year in college football where everyone is bad, and I love that. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good right. thing. Like, <laughs> That's good for us, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we need to give him his flowers because, like you said, he didn't get shaken after the interception. And when you look at what Mullen said after the game, he was saying, he goes, look, that even the interception, he made the right read. He made the right decision. He got hit as he threw. And, you know, sometimes that stuff happens. And it wasn't like the other games where it was a clear misread, misfire. Yeah, I can live with that interception because that is just mm-hmm. a miss. Like, he just overthrew it. Xavier Henderson maybe could have jumped higher for it. And honestly, mm-hmm. if he overthrows it a little bit more, the Bama defender can't get it. If he, uh, if he underthrows under it a little bit more, Xavier Henderson gets his hands on it. So, like, exactly. it was just – but if it was the right read, that's good. And I have a question. Yes. Do you do you think it's possible that Emory Jones played this well mostly because he didn't have Anthony Richardson looking over his shoulder? Do you think that may have, may have played a factor into it? You know, I didn't think of that on Saturday or yesterday or all day today on Monday. But now that you mention it, it de- I think it definitely could have played a factor because when you look at – He knew his, he wasn't getting pulled unless he got injured. Right. And, and he kind of had that free reign to go and do whatever he needed to do. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I have to agree with that. I really do. The, wow, I didn't think of that at all. But I definitely think that and, – and that maybe just goes to show – who he is as a player right and that's okay you know some players emotional things get them a little bit more maybe some players just need that leash of i'm not gonna pull you it's okay i think that's another reason why mullen um not to go backwards again but in the usf game after ar got his helmet taken off on that cam newton like bomb and he was in the four play you know where he throws the bad pass and quadruple coverage that play i think maybe that's why he let him go out there to be like yo i'm gonna give you confidence go do something good mullen has talked about this many times that's why he he doesn't pull quarterbacks very often i mean like Mm -hmm. that was one of felipe frank's biggest problems for a long time is that like the leash when mcelwain started him was so short he'd start off and the moment he made a mistake he pulled him and that's devastating for a freshman or your freshman quarterback Mm -hmm. and Mullen has expressed in the way, if you look at the way he coaches and develops his quarterbacks and puts them in the game, mm-hmm. everything he ever does is about not breaking their confidence early. He mm-hmm. doesn't play quarterbacks early very often, or at least he doesn't start them. He, um, like he, no quarterback at the University of Florida under Dan Mullen has started that has started has been less than a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, um, every like every Jones is a redshirt junior, mm-hmm. like. And so, like, Mullen's never going to be the type to play true freshman if he doesn't have to. So, right. I think that's part of it. Some people react better to having somebody looking over their shoulder to motivate them, and some don't. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't, it didn't end up, you know, coming through for the win. But I do feel like, whereas previously, I think the fan base, a lot of people would, probably would have thought that, like, there's no way forward for this team with Emory Jones and there's, but there is a way forward with Anthony Richardson. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think people are more understanding of like, there's a way forward with Emory Jones and maybe it's not as flashy, but maybe it is the right way. Because again, we, like we talked about last week, there are things with that. We, we don't know. Cause we're fans. We don't know mm-hmm. what the, what the protections are, what the reads are. And right. is Anthony Richardson making those. He, they've talked about it before that like he's made some great plays on plays where he has messed things up pre-snap mm-hmm. and 
does Emory Jones not do that as much? I don't know. You don't know. We'll never know. But what we do know is that Emory Jones played really well in this game, all things considered. Um, shout out again. I have to bring it back to the O line and the running backs. Yeah, Heavy um, Heavy needs a raise. Hevesy, yeah, Hevesy. Sorry, I said Heavy. Hevesy needs a raise. That was. I remember when McElwain left and when Mullen got here. The biggest thing was not not just the offense score points, whatever, but we had the talent at the skill position at the skill positions to be able to score, but we didn't have the O line type talent. And that was even with Martez Ivy, a five-star that was there throughout that time. We weren't able to get consistent offensive line play. play. We have been getting consistent offensive line play for definitely this season and at the end of last season as well. It's looked good. This is finally what I think Mullen has been wanting to run. This type of offense. Yeah. This is his true this is his this type is the of Dak offense. Prescott offense. This is the Tim Tebow offense. Like yes. Mullen, as much as a quarterback guy, he wants to run the ball. You can yes. see that on his, all of his best teams, save for last year's Florida team. Mm-hmm. Um, most of his best teams are really good at running the ball and have a mobile quarterback. That's what mm-hmm. – yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because I definitely understood – like I said earlier, Florida has now gone toe-to-toe with Alabama better than anyone else in the country two different ways. Last mm-hmm. year, through a all-out passing attack. And, I, and you know, you go into that game being like, all right, if Florida can execute – this is the type of team that beats Alabama typically. Mm-hmm. The Especially last rose, season when they would, didn't have that good of a defense. Yeah. Dynamic quarterback, dynamic receivers throwing all over them. That's the, Typically, that is the blueprint that is followed. Mm-hmm. I don't know the last time we've seen a team that almost – that would have beaten Alabama. I'm doing air quotes because we didn't beat Alabama, but we were close. That has pushed Alabama this much – by pushing them around on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you don't you don't bully Bama. If you yeah. beat if you beat Bama over the past ten years, you've been able to scheme your way around not having the advantage. You're avoiding in the, the line of scrimmage. You're avoiding exactly. having to, if if you, typically when you go up against Alabama and for a lot of times Georgia as well, you want to do everything in your power to avoid deciding the game at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. This yeah. this was a game where they approached it the exact opposite, and it was crazy because it just kept working. Mm-hmm. And I think all of this really, because I don't want to, I know we have eventually have to move on from this. Um, right. But one of the things that I, one of the things, last things I will say is that what I like is that this definitely has changed my perception of what this team is. That was my it's, next question, Tyler. What's the future for this team now? Because, I mean, we could dream and say we beat Bama in the SC title game, we make our first playoff yeah. appearance. But what's realistic? What do you think is going to happen with this well, team? And what's the AR? 15 Emory Jones situation as someone who is wearing his AR 15 t-shirt as we speak. Oh, I didn't even notice that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's the situation? What what happens now? I think what happens now is that they're going to, they're going to, well, for the AR Emory thing, they're going to ride with Emory now because, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's okay. And And I think think that's okay. Um, We're just going to get tweets for the rest of the year about why how Mullen doesn't want to win because he's now starting Anthony Richardson. But that's okay. Tweets and text from some some of our some of our friends. But yes, (laughs) but I think that previously I was like, this is a nine and three team. This is to me clearly the second best team in the division, but clearly not the first best team in the division. Mm -hmm. I think this team is is pretty much on equal footing with Georgia right now, Mm -hmm. just because. And we'll get into this in a second. That Georgia looks really good, has looked really good, but beating Clemson does not look the same now in just three weeks later as it did in week one. Like, yeah, 
yeah. and even then you and i we had things to say about that where it's just like Georgia's getting all this credit for holding Clemson and no offensive touchdowns. Georgia didn't score on offense. Like <laughs> there was um, not an offensive touchdown in the most hyped game of the offseason. Like that's concerning. And JT Daniels hasn't even really played since then. It's been all backups. Yeah. And they they smoked South Carolina and they still, to me, have the best defense in the country. Um right. but I mean I mean, more than anything, this changes because now you're like, okay, Florida can win on the line of scrimmage against the big boys. And Georgia is the biggest boy when it comes to the line of, line of scrimmage right now. This year's right. team. Um, Alabama is typically that, but for this year's rosters, Alabama will be number two and Georgia's number one. So now I, I genuinely feel that Florida can win the division. Mm-hmm. Now, can they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game? Yeah, team's going to change so much from then. If it even happens, who knows? Right. That's a whole other thing. But I didn't think this team was really that capable of winning the SEC, the SEC East before previously after the last couple weeks i'm beginning to get there yeah i think this is the first time in a long time that we've seen a chink in the alabama armor um and before what was needed to beat alabama was a generational quarterback um and you know maybe some magic like what happened with old miss that one year and with johnny manzel kind of thing um now I, I may be premature, but I'm starting to believe that maybe not just Florida, but I'm looking at the Ole Miss game. I'm looking at the Texas A&M game. Um, I'm looking at the Arkansas game. If we're going to talk about line of scrimmage, I'm looking at the Arkansas uh, I'm, game of, I'm, of make potential traps for Alabama. You know what I mean? If I'm Nick Saban, I'm terrified of facing Lane Kiffin's team. Just, yeah. just like you said, Ole Miss, mm-hmm. Matt Corral is is a better quarterback than Emory Jones right now. Yes, like, he is. And yeah, I, I'm fascinated to watch that game so as much as i'm very optimistic i think the most optimistic i've ever been with a gators loss um you're in the best mood i've ever seen you in for dude, us but like, how can you how can you watch that game and not be excited for the rest of the season for yeah. this florida team i had i had alabama relatives of mine text me saying we don't want to see florida I, again i, I sent you a, a tweet by an alabama fan that's just like i'm really praying georgia beats them in in the in the concert yeah. party because i don't want none of that <laughs> that's what i'm saying um, like i'm optimistic i'm happy now what we need to do and this is the last thing before we move on we got a lot of other things to cover we need to make sure that we channel this energy right this that noise in the swamp, which, by the way, a lot of college national college football reporters have tweeted that it was even better than Tiger Stadium at night. It was even better because than it is a bunch because I've never been is. to Tiger Stadium at night. So I can't neither like have confirm, I. But, but, right, uh, but, but they were saying like, wow, like Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated tweeted won't back down on Saturday. And then today, this morning, quoted his own tweet and said, I'm still thinking about this. Like if that's not a stamp of approval for the swamp, I don't know what is. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for this team. See what happens. Shout out to the people in the swamp because there were two false start penalties on the first drive. And those are swamp penalties. We had those when we were in Auburn, when Ole Miss came to town, we've had, we've been in the crowd for those moments before, you know, that we take pride in those penalties. Those are our penalties that we got. Yeah. So congrats to them. Um, all right, Tyler, enough about the Gators, enough about Alabama. Let's move forward to some notable games quickly. We'll run through these and then we'll talk about some five wide We'll start on Friday. Louisville 42, UCF 35. Did you watch this game? I watched part of it. Um, did you watch the end of this game? I did watch the end of it. Do you want to go through it or do I want to go through it? Uh, I have just a couple things to say. Uh, and okay. you, you can go through it. Uh, one, actually genuinely heartbreaking that what happened to Dylan Gabriel, he fractured his clavicle on the last play of the game. 
I know, dude. On his last play of the game, I should yeah. clarify. But um, genuinely heartbreaking. You know who broke that news to me? Who? Alexa. I imagine like she broke it. I, w- I just wasn't expecting it because I usually tell her all the football stuff. But I guess when it comes to UCF, I need to just start l- asking yeah, her. Like, hey, what? Yeah. Number two. This was classic Gus Malzahn. Classic oh Gus Malzahn. That, but that was my first thought when it happened to. I was like, UCF, welcome to the Gus Malzahn experience. Classic <laughs> Gus bus. Classic <laughs> Gus bus. Like, ooh. Uh, so Auburn and Gus are just made for each other. It's it's like there's not one or the other. It was like they're both part of this. Like, Gus you know? is Auburn. Auburn is Gus. Yeah, um, now they're separated. Now we just got two of them. Um, we got them in the same week, though. So <laughs> we got two Auburn Gus bus situations. Was, this was, I mean, and also third point, great for Scott Satterfield. Like he really Which, needed this. <laughs> Scott Satterfield needed this. So at the end of the game, um, UCF is losing by one, right? Yeah, I think it was it's tied. I think it was tied. They, I think it was tied. they just have the last drive. That's so what like. it was, right? So Louisville had actually had the ball, and then UCF the they kind of run a screen play, and UCF swats it at the line, gets an interception, and they're like at their own. They're like at the forty, and so you're thinking, run the football, get in field goal range, kick it, head back to Orlando, steal a Power Five win. On the very next play. Dylan Gabriel throws a beautiful pass that literally bounces off the receiver's hands up in the air. Louisville uh, true freshman whose name I forget, but I found out he was a true freshman comes down with the ball, takes it all the way back to the house for a pick six touchdown Louisville. They're up 42 35. And then there's like 11 seconds left in the game. And then, like you said, man, it sucks for Dylan Gabriel broken clavicle. He ends up trying to throw the ball there and they're in realistic range. So it's not like, Oh, how can you let the quarterback go out there? Oh, no, it was absolutely, it was realistic. So it was, he wasn't hurt prior to that. Like exactly. He wasn't hurt. So it just happened that he got hit, got came down, broke his clavicle on the last play of the game, um, and UCF falls to Louisville 42-35. So unfortunate for them, unfortunate for Dylan Gabriel. But like you said, Scott Fatter, Scott Satterfield, he, he he just got a life vest thrown at him, dude. <laughs> this is big. This was big. This is massive. Did you see his post-game interview right after? No, I didn't. I know he's a religious person, but I always find it funny when like coaches who are like flying by the seat of their pants might get fired at any point in the season they're like hey man i just gotta thank god and i'm like oh yeah yeah you do big guy (laughs) oh man so gus bus experience um on friday just incredible like incredible good game genuinely good game like an exciting game i enjoyed the game yeah moving on to saturday clemson 14 georgia tech 8 and i have this on here because number one it was one of the longest games um in fairness there's like two rain delays in this game like and, and like two like hour and a half long everything that affects yeah, absolutely everything the way you play so i'm not gonna like be total judgy okay, so about this but i will i'm not, I'm not gonna be total judgy but it's not like this is the only time we've well, seen this from clemson. you get a pass except for you've played like this clemson before for the in past all three of your weeks. other games, like, um, yeah. So, so I don't Clem- know. Clemson's offense is um, just be, be nice, be nice. No, no, no. Clemson's <laughs> offense is still it's just out of sync right now. Like that's a great. They've way got to put a lot it. of good pieces. They've got a lot of good players. I still think DJ Uyunglele is a good player, but their offensive line is not is not gelling completely. They've got a lot of good wide receivers, but they're they're just not on the same page. The running game is not as cohesive. Um, there's no hunt like, and there's no Hunter Renfro, Amari Rogers slot guy. Yeah. There's they, all their wide receivers are like six five, which is great. Um, but you know, it's hard to put Justin Ross in the slot. Um, 
Do you do you think that DJ is playing a bit like unsure? Yeah, I think he absolutely has a confidence issue. Okay, all right, because I'm because I'm seeing probably that. because he faced Georgia in the first game of the season. Um, <laughs> he was like, "Is this what everything's going to be like?" I genuinely think that that is part of it. Like, but you know, they're just—I mean—they're still winning. Right. And the ACC sucks, so I don't expect them to lose more than one more game. So, mm-hmm. like, I still think that this team's going to win the ACC. It's just, will they make the playoffs? Um, right. Exactly. exactly. And they, they've got a lot of growing to do as a team. Um, their mm-hmm. defense is still great, though. Like, That's what I'm going to say. It's not, like, a, it's not a, a Brett Venables side of the ball situation. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that that's people forget because, like, we, we think of Clemson more as offense just because – which we probably shouldn't just because their defense is always good. But mm-hmm. we always think because of offense because they always have, like, dynamic playmakers, big quarterbacks. Your boy – Tyler is very, you know, guilty of falling into mm-hmm. that because Deshaun Watson you're, in college you're a, and Trevor you're a Lawrence. Sneaky Clemson guy. You're a sneaky oh, absolutely. Clemson guy. Um, yeah. But their defense is always good, always talented, mm-hmm. and it's good again. Um, so right. I mean, I, I, did, I wasn't ever really in fear of them losing this game. Um, mm-hmm. so. Neither was I, but I, I, I definitely saw it saw it to be interesting because I didn't expect them to. As much as I love our um, our uh, Georgia Georgia Tech uh, bees, so much as I love them, Waffle House bees, our, our Waffle House bees, I don't really think that they're that good. And yeah, so I was kind of hoping that Clemson would use this game to kind of get back on track or whatever. And the lightning delay didn't help them, but you know it is what it is. Ohio State forty one, Tulsa twenty. Um, this score is not indicative of how close this game was. Um, wasn't that like a defensive touchdown at the end to make a bigger margin? There was a pick. There was a pick six to make it a big, bigger margin, and I think within with like three or four minutes left, it was a one touchdown game. This just further solidifies my theory that everyone's bad this year. Everyone's flawed. There's no upper tier. Like there is just like there's no. Last year there was Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State were in this other tier that was just like those are the three mm-hmm. best teams in the country. No one's gonna break that. And right. then there was all these other people below that. There's that that tier doesn't exist. There is the blue bloods tier, which you know Florida, Georgia, you know all these Auburn, all, LSU, all well, LSU not this year, but mm, like you know all these teams are on, mm-hmm. and like Penn State is on, right. but Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama are just also on that tier this year. They moved down. Everyone's exactly. bad this year, and I actually think it's very interesting. Like it is, and even the really good teams like in Oregon, I mean. They got Anthony Brown at quarterback, so it's not like it's going to hold up for much longer at this rate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everyone's got something. Um, I think it's interesting that Ohio State decided to not fire their defensive coordinator, but instead they had the defensive backs coach call plays and install the game plan, which last time I checked, the job of the defensive quarter is to call plays and install the game plan. In three, they're doing this. So that's that's another question. That's another question I wanted to have. Is this a desperation thing or is this like – is Ryan Day feeling the Columbus media pressure? Like, because if you believe in your guy, defensive coordinator, you're going to let him coach through things out. We 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 fault we we talk to Mullen about Mullen like, you know, he's too loyal to a fault sometimes. But I mean, this weekend kind of proved all of us wrong because Grantham drew up the right game plan and you know stuck through his guy, worked through some kinks and stuff. But Ohio State making that move so quickly, I don't I don't know, man. It, I think there's got to be a middle ground. You know, don't be like Mullen where he waits too long. You know, but yeah, I mean, like, I'd love to believe that it's like in the NBA, how sometimes they'll just let players coach a game or, um, 
or like mm-hmm. assistance be the head coach for a game. But yeah. this is college football where you only get 12 games a season guaranteed. Right. So no, that's not at all what's happening exactly. here. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not great that this is happening so quickly. I mean, I, I mean, I guess losing Oregon had to be a shock to everybody in the program. Um, yeah, definitely. But but you can't overreact I, I, to something thing, like I think that. It feels like an overreaction. That's what I think as well. And also, C.J. Stroud, they have so many five stars in that room. When how long until we start seeing another one? None of them. I don't think he's a bad quarterback per se. But I, well, the if, tough if, thing is that if like, Ryan Day's pulling the trigger on the defensive coordinator like this, you bet your ass is going to pull the trigger on the quarterback at some point. My only concern though is that like then you get into Big Ten play where all these defenses get better. And mm-hmm. do you want to be starting? Because everyone everyone behind C.J. Stroud is somehow less experienced than him. Like, <laughs> yeah, and the man do, is a redshirt freshman, yeah, and somehow everyone so else is quarterback <laughs> in the roster. Do you want to put the other two out against Iowa? That's true. Um, we're we're going to throw seventeen-year-old Quinn Ewers out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he's special, but like, yeah, right. Who knows? See, I mean, CJ Stroud has a similar com- is similar problem that I think DJ Uyunglele has is that they're just not connecting. You know, right. all the pieces are there, but it's just not connecting. Like, like I said for the Oregon game. He had like 400 passing yards. He's make he's moving the ball all the time, but he on the like meaningful downs where he mm-hmm. has to score a touchdown or make the first down, they don't convert those. Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, interesting times in Columbus. Um could this be the year Michigan gets them? <laughs> don't sorry. you even, Sorry, sorry. I'm, Although I will, I, I, I will have the Penn State conversation cuz it's fascinating later. The Penn State but conversation not Michigan. We'll have. Okay. I won't do that. They're running the ball really well, man. Um, I don't next care. up, <laughs> Notre Dame twenty-seven, Purdue thirteen. I just have this on here because Purdue's a bad football team. Notre Dame is keeping them way too close. Why is Notre Dame ranked twelve? Join a conference. <laughs> next up, we have Fresno State forty. I'm not going back on that. We have Fresno State forty. <laughs> Fresno State forty, UCLA thirty-seven. In the wow, I can't believe I have the Pac-12 Network game for Sergio. Um, yeah, you freaking hypocrite. I, dude, how was I supposed to know that in Broward County, Florida, I had the Pac-12 network? I clicked on the Comcast remote. I clicked the C button, which gives me all of the co- sports games that are on currently. And it set it on there. And I went, oh, that's a cl- – Fresno State's winning the game. I'd like to see that. Click Pac-12 network. Oh, I don't think I have it. Wait a minute. There's a little watch button. Click again. Wait so the screen is black. The icon comes in the bottom, the lower third. And all of a sudden, the Pac-12 network turns on. I go, whoa, I got the Pac-12 network. <laughs> Yeah, so thanks, you, Dad. I appreciate it. <laughs> you stumbled into, you know, a block of marble. I know. It's not you, like you a know, diamond. Not a diamond or anything. It's not like not like worthless, but like <laughs> you also could just it's not really worth that much to have it. <laughs> you know what this is? One time we were like looking at like I don't know I don't know how we came across it, but Diego found an old license plate and he was like, I'm gonna use this as decoration. That is the Pac-12 network. Why <laughs> you don't need that. That's disgusting. That's someone else's license plate. But Diego was like, No, this is art, which objectively art can be anything you want. And you put it on the wall, and I was like, All right, I guess it's art now. <laughs> so that's the Pac-12 network. Oh, all right, I guess did, we're wait, watching he did this. This was somebody else's license plate, because I totally get put at your old license plates. No, no, no. Uh, it wasn't like, his. I don't know. He found a license plate. How? I don't know. But he fa- I remember he found a license plate. And I think to this day in his office at my mom, uh, Raul and Diego's apartment up in Virginia, I think it's up on the wall. Interesting. I don't know. Um, I got to figure it out. Anyway, anyway this game was on lost. super late. I pretend I don't see it. Um, you pretend you don't see it. What happened to you fix, you fix the back 12, Tyler? 
Fresno State's good, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, they're also on the West Coast, so I mean, they lost to a West Coast team. So I mean, just West the West Coast eating each other alive. It's everybody's so good out here. Um, West Coast supremacy. Jeez. I will say this was not a case of UCLA losing because they were bad. I mm-hmm. mean, the offense still was good, it, but it will. Fresno State. Congrats to their quarterback, the Hayner kid. He oh my was, gosh, he was a freaking warrior. Like incredible, his lower half was falling apart. Like um, he 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 needed the. I don't want to know what those man what those man's ribs looked like. I don't want to know. I wouldn't be surprised if we got an edit of like the Michael Jordan flu game, but with him, <laughs> he, he deserves that kind of edit. That's what he needs. Uh, but also, UCLA's defense is bad. Um, it's just they typically score so much that it doesn't matter. Um, so let me ask you this: How bad is LSU then? I'm doing like an eye. We're doing I like eye. I know this podcasting is a visual medium. Exactly. Um, yes, you guys can see the like eye thing mm-hmm. we're doing right now. But I think, mean, think, LSU. Of, think of the two eyeball emoji that you have on your iPhone. That's what Tyler's doing right now. <laughs> um, That's what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. Like, put it this way: I'm not worried about going into Baton Rouge in a month. Okay. I'll put it that all way. right. Let's I'll all right. Let's way. keep that energy. Um, one one last thing about the Pac-12 network. I don't think it's a surprise that my uh, our, our official Texas correspondent Kevin Borba gets a job as a PA working for the Pac-12 go. network, and I finally get the Pac-12 network. Look at God. Look at God working this his is magic. Pac-12 podcast now. This is a Pac-12. <laughs> Wait, we did establish that though with Arizona State and Washington, which this we should Pac-12 both retract on now. <laughs> Arizona State of Washington. Y'all. <laughs> y'all. Yeah, Pac-12. Y'all. Uh, congrats to you, Borba. We love you, brother. People that watch Pac-12 teams say yeehaw and y'all. Exactly. Of course. Um, congrats to Borba. We love you, brother. Congrats yeah, on that congrats. job. Um, also, UCLA. You're still UCLA. You're still UCLA. Like um, you're the better version, but you are still Chip Kelly's UCLA. So, I mean, there was, this was bound to happen. Like one, you're bound to lose one game where you're like, why are they losing that game? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, All right. Let's run through these next ones, Tyler. These are all ugly. Um, Western Michigan, 44 pit 41. If you subscribe, Um, I didn't either, but I just put this here because if you subscribe to the silent judgment newsletter, you would know in the first issue, I laid down my gambling rules and rule number five was just pit in all caps. And my justification was, you don't know what you're going to get with pit. All right. You can get a fantastic game like they did against um, Tennessee where they went into Neyland Stadium, had a beautiful uniform game and went all around and had a great time. Or you can get this game where they lose to Western Michigan by three points at home. Who knows? Pit is pit. They are an enigma. Okay. They are, they are college football's white whale. All right. How, how will we capture it? We don't know, but it's just going to be there. So that's it. That's all I wanted to put. Um, this next game is really rough for those residents of Arizona. So skip ahead about 30 seconds. Um, Northern Arizona, 21, Arizona, 19, almost Northern like Arizona, hiring, almost like hiring Jed fish was a bad idea. You know, Tyler, some of us could have said that that was a bad idea. I wonder who though. I wonder who. Genuine question. Does anyone in the country – did anyone in the country defend that hire? Genuine I question. I, I, I don't know if I've ever known a more universal – that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will say that was the same energy that people gave Herm at Arizona State. and That's true. It's worked out definitely better than Arizona at Arizona State. Um, 
but I'm with you. I'm with you. My favorite reaction was my reaction to that hire was, oh, we hired Jed. Uh, we hired Jed Smith. And I went, I'm sorry, who did you hire? <laughs> oh, he was like an assistant of an assistant in the Patriots. And why did you hire this assistant of the assistant on the Patriots? <laughs> what does and, he bring to the table? Like, and next clearly thing you know, nothing. Clearly <laughs> nothing. Fast forward six months and here we are. Here's Arizona losing to an FCS directional school from their state. So. Would you look at that? And I heard not even a good one at that. Like Northern Arizona is like not I, like a I good FCS no, school. I have no contacts. I, would, I don't know. I wouldn't know. Um. Jokes are still flying. Tyler, I saved the best two games for last on notable games. Not objectively the most competitive, but the best. No, no, no. no just the best, selfishly. Michigan State 38, Miami 17. Um, I watched the Gator game at the official like Gator bar in Davie. Um, and wouldn't you know it? Since since the UM game was at noon, um, there were a lot of UM fans in that bar before the Gator game, and that's cool. Gator fans are trickling in, whatever. I got there around halfway through the third of that game of the Miami game, and at that point, it was still close. It was like a three point yeah, it was game. Competitive early, right? The, the, the score is not indicative of how close the game was throughout the whole the the whole game, um, but that is a problem for Miami when you're playing Michigan State. Granted, this year. Shout out to Mel Tucker. My man is coaching this team. This team looks good. Shout out to him. He's really coaching this team well. The offense is clicking. They have a quarterback. They have a good running back. Um, it's looking good. Also, shout out to him for wearing shorts because it's hot, bro. It's hot down here in South Florida. Yeah, no, it's hot. Yeah. These people so, out here don't know how hot it gets in Florida. Oh, no, no. They don't get it. They don't get it. They do not get it, dude. Anyway, um, so I was listening to the radio. I was listening to this game on the radio as I drove to the bar. And man, the Miami announcers are, were just going in on these players. And then that's the thing. I was like, wait a minute. There's a lot of good talent on this team. It's a Manny Diaz problem. It's a Manny Diaz problem down okay. here. And it's not like it can be fixed relatively soon. Some Miami beat writer tweeted on Sunday. He was like, yeah, so unless some magical multi-millionaire donor just drops a few million dollars um, on the spot, you're going to see Manny Diaz for at least another year and a half. And I was like, yeah, guys, start getting used to it. Oh, boy. Start getting used to it. Oh, I, and I had a had a, um, a thing for Alexa's family on Sunday, um, and I was talking to this UM fan about Miami, and he was like, I don't – he's got to be fired, right? And I was like, dude, I don't, I don't think you can. And he was like – He's got to win out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, we're in week three and you're already giving me he's got to win out. Like and then looked at the schedule, granted, and it's not, you know, it, it, it's not very difficult. Their toughest game was definitely Bama to start. And the Michigan State game was a tough non-conference game relative. Um, yeah, man, does not look good down here for the Miami Hurricanes. Nope. And I'm loving it. <laughs> um, <laughs> another yeah, game that I love. Yes. Um, yes, yes. Another game that I love, Tyler, was Wake Forest 35, FSU 14. Oh, this say it again. Uh, Wake Forest 35. Wake Forest, the smallest school in Power 5, 35. Florida State, seven, uh, 14. I watched um, uh, the recap of this game, and it was actually like it's it's comical. Like So um, this game was on the screen next to the Gator game at the bar, and I counted two FSU fans at the bar which smart decision by them um not the not the ones that show up the ones that didn't show all up the smart decision. Um, yeah, all the other ones right right um yeah dude this seems bad oh my god and you know what dirty little secret Mackenzie mm-hmm. middleton's not playing that well 
So um, nobody's so, playing that well, to be clear. Nobody is. So here's the thing with Mackenzie Milton. I was watching. I was with Alexa, and oh boy, I point. I was like, "Hey, Milton's up." She goes, "Oh, Milton's up." So we watch. You know, I, listen. I'm, I hate Florida State, but like, love no, Milton, like Mackenzie you know? Milton. Love Milton. Looking at him, and then we watch a, a drive, and she was like, "Oh, that wasn't very good." And I was like. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And we kind of go back to the Gator game. And then later on, Jordan Travis is in. And she's like, oh, what happened to Milton? And I looked up his stats and it was like, oh, he went one for six for three yards and an interception. That's what happened to McKenzie. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, maybe because the team's bad. It's their first 0-3 start since, I believe, Bobby Bowden's first year. Yeah, since the 70s. I think Which it was 76. Is, wow. 76. Just yeah. wow, guys. Yeah. Like, that's bad. It's also, Tyler, the fir- only, I think, the th- second or third time in the past, like, 50 years that all three, that the big three schools in Florida have lost on the same weekend. Really? All three? Yeah, it's like the second or third time in 50 years that it's happened. Very clear, different tier what happened. Like, Oh, oh no, no. One team is playing college football. The other two... Oh, one, no, no. one team is playing college football. Another team is kind of deciding when they want to play college football, um, and that's the fight in D.R. Kings. And then the other team is just trying to figure out how to throw the football. You know, it's yeah, it's like you have an adult, you have a teenager, and you have a toddler, and that's kind of what we're going with right now in the state of Florida amongst the nice. big three. So, so Woo. all right, man, I hated talking about that. It's <laughs> real tough, real tough, horrible. Um, all right, Tyler, let's let's go into five wide. A game that was surprisingly good and close. Yeah, like what the heck? Again, affirming that everyone in this year is bad. Um, yep, some way or another. Oklahoma 23, Nebraska 16. Tyler and I both picked Oklahoma, so we both get the points. But my God, was this game... Let me put it this way. Diego was stressing out for a lot of this football game. Yeah. A lot of this football game. Um, Nebraska played really well considering my expectations. Oklahoma mm-hmm. did not. Um I'm tempted to rescind my Oklahoma will be in the national championship game that I've had all offseason take. Um, but because everyone else is bad, too, I'm not going to. Um, I'd, also, I'd also like to remind you how – think back. Go in your time machine. Remember how Oklahoma Remember how Oklahoma looked through three games. They, look, they, how they, looked through three they games. started one and two last year, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they did with a loss to Kansas State and a loss to Iowa State. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like – but they're winning those games this year, so that is a kind of a difference. But, you know, Nebraska played pretty well. I think they're just – it's one of those things where, like, this is one of the rare games in Scott Frost where they've shown up, played to mm-hmm. their potential. But it was still a case where, like, their potential is still not good enough to beat Oklahoma when Oklahoma is, like, kind of struggling. Like You know, you know that old phrase, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? Yeah. Yeah, that's good in high school, but when you're at college, there's a there's a cap to that in, in college yeah, football. There, yeah. It gets you so far, but like, Lincoln Riley's recruiting four or five five stars. Spencer Rattler when he's playing not stars. great. Spencer Rattler when he's playing not great is still better than Adrian Martinez. Like, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and this game had the interception of the season. Oh yeah, and to anyone saying you should have swatted down because it was fourth down, you hate uh, fun. you were so fun at parties. Go, you know, <laughs> like. You know, go to the party store and, you know, uh, go, <laughs> go to Party City. Just live it up. That's where you belong. You're so nice because I'm just going to call him. I'm just going to call you a narc. Splish, splash, Stop your being opinion is trash. Um, yes. Yes. You are entitled to your opinion and we are entitled to let you know that your opinion is horrendous. What an incredible interception. That Did you see the Trey Young? On that video clip. Like, Honestly, I hope it's the Dolphins. I hope it's the Dolphins. <laughs> Why not at this point? 
Did you see the Trey Young sideline footage from his phone? The, the Trey Young? No, I didn't. Trey Young was just casually recording. He was like, he's like, he's like on the sidelines, back, back in, back in Norman Boomer sooner. And the play that he happened to record was the interception. And he turns around the camera and he's like, "Oh my god!" He's freaking out. My favorite was the Spencer Rattler reaction. Spencer Rattler had the most genuine reaction ever. (laughs) He just his face was just like, "Oh!" And he throws the hat. Like looking for his helmet. He's like, oh, I got to go back on the field. Throws the hat in the air. Bobby Schroeder style. That's when you forget that you have to go on the field now. Um, yeah. Incredible. What a play. Um, last I mean, question. About, game, so. Yeah. Last question about this game. How much time did Scott Frost buy? The rest of the season. He bought the, like, so for sure, let them, let him see out the season. As of this moment, they'd probably be like, we were close to beating Oklahoma, which was the same as that first year where they were close to beating Ohio state. Mm-hmm. Um, so do they do do Nebraska fans feel like Florida fans this week where it's like, wow, we were so obviously it's not Alabama. I feel I feel like, yes, because Oklahoma is such a hated rival. Like, yeah, it is historic. It they is played, a, they probably played so much better than they imagined they would have. And maybe mm-hmm. just that Illinois loss was a fluke. Um, and maybe they are yeah. a better team than that. I was, you know, I was I, looking where there's a lot of talk about where the defense has actually improved significantly since the Illinois loss. And it's a question of week zero. First yeah. game out there, this and that, whatever. So this is why we advocate not to judge teams on like one game, no matter which game it is. Like exactly, um, exactly. So we'll see, so. we'll see. Uh, thank you, Nebraska, for making it entertaining. Like yeah, I, I this was I, genu- game I generally had slot, to wait until so. the I like generally had to wait until halftime to leave for the bar because I, I I was thinking I would leave early or whatever, and then I'm like, man, this game's good. No, yeah. I gotta stay. I gotta stay and watch a bit. So. Uh, next up, we have Cincinnati 38, Indiana 24. We both pick Cincinnati, so we both get the points. No one's talking about this game. This game was crazy. Like, it's almost like it's almost like there's a little bit of you know anti feelings do towards this. a group of five. <laughs> what do you mean? Don't do that. It's the truth. It's the truth. No, it's true. It's true. It's the truth. There is a there is a national narrative against the group of five even when a team as good and disciplined and talented as Cincinnati who is better than I have the top five here pulled up Tyler Alabama Georgia Oregon Oklahoma Iowa Penn State Texas A&M Cincinnati Cincinnati has been at eight since the beginning of the season and teams like Iowa Penn State and Texas A&M have jumped them when I can tell you right I can tell you right now they can beat Iowa easily because they can match them up defense for defense. They can beat Penn State because ain't no way Sean Clifford is throwing on a defensive back unit that all wears single-digit numbers. You got me messed up if you think that that's the truth. And Texas A&M, I want to see Calcutta, whatever the backup quarterback's name is, go up and throw against that secondary. Texas Are you kidding me? is not good in my opinion. So Come on, bro. I can understand Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, and Oklahoma. Fine. I understand it. Those performances this year from Oregon have been great. Georgia has a fantastic defense. Bama is the Saban factory. And Oklahoma has talent for days. Understandable. You can't tell me that Iowa, Penn State, and Texas A&M are better than cincinnati and i found that mark thing and i'll go back and bleep it but i'm mad right now dude i'm doing it this time are you kidding me bro like look at the cincinnati team look at the defense they have they have a an above average to great college quarterback they have luke fickle made himself a lot of money in just three absolutely they have luke fickle one of the best coaches in college football and you're lying to yourself if you're saying he's not a top five or ten coach in college football oh yeah no i'd hire him to tomorrow Um, he literally he usc is literally his to turn down 
literally his to turn down. What I think he wants to happen, though, what I think he wants to happen is that James Franklin goes to USC and he gets the Penn State job. Fine. Wonderful. Love that for him. Great. But you can't tell me Um, (laughs) you can't tell me that this season Cincinnati is not better than Iowa, Penn State, Texas A&M. They're play. I don't know if they are better than Clemson in terms of upside and talent. They're playing much better than Clemson. They're playing better than Ohio State. They're playing. They're probably playing better than Florida. As much as I love the Gators, they're playing better than Florida. They're playing better than Florida. Notre Dame. Why are you in the top twenty-five? And then Ole Miss is where we start to. To figure Ole things Miss out, would, I, we'll I, see. I, yeah, 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 well, this yeah. is one of those teams where, like, you're not going to rank them top five, and I don't think that you should. But it's just like Ole Miss can very likely beat any team that they face. I was going to say, there's but, not a team in the country that wants to face yeah, Ole Miss. It, right well, now. it was like Florida last year, where it's just like Florida is not going to win every one of their games, but they can win any of their games. Correct. Correct. Um, so but this okay, is about Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. Okay, this game was amazing. Indiana yes. came out firing. Indiana played great. Uh, student section ripped out a bleacher. People forget that. Um, Incredible. Shout out to the – just chef's kiss. Chef's yeah, kiss in the student, student section. section right there. Absolutely. And then on, But on top of that, like Cincinnati never lost their cool. They stayed in it till the end. Michael Penix Jr., all the roller coaster that he is, uh, was just fun as hell to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I love watching Indiana play football because yeah. not that they're good, but they're very fun uh, mm-hmm. for a Big Ten team. And Cincinnati – Indiana made it tough on them, but Cincinnati just clawed yeah. back. They, they were It's one of those weird things where like they were so clearly better. Most yeah. times when a gr- good group of five teams play a power five team, the script is flipped. The, the script is flipped. Cincinnati, the group of five team, is usually the one that gets out to a hot start. They're fun to watch. And then the, group, the power five team will eventually just take over. Mm-hmm. Opposite here. Cincinnati, great game. Absolutely incredible game. All the touchdowns were cool. Um, especially the kickoff return was nice yeah that was dope um, i will say this we had another controversial targeting call in this game um listen i i think that i'm an advocate of targeting one and targeting two um and i think that the targeting one if you the targeting one calls you should get another opportunity to stay in the game targeting two is just model it after the nba flagrant one and flagrant two you know that's that's what that's they for do. A different I, podcast, though. That's for a different podcast, though. But just it did make a difference because Indiana's best linebacker came out, and it's not a coincidence that once Indiana's best linebacker was ejected, Cincinnati was able to kind of turn the Jets on. Yeah, that was a big difference. Um, score. But you know what? Here's the thing: we always talk about how, oh my gosh, you know, not Clemson specifically, but let me just use Clemson as an example. Oh my gosh, Clemson was able to squeak out. You know, the, the solid verbal says it all the time: when you're clunkers, right? Yeah. Be able to win the games that maybe you're not playing the best in, whatever. And we revere teams for doing that at the Power Five level. But when a team like Cincinnati goes on the road in a clearly hostile environment, if we're ripping out bleachers, um, <laughs> and, and a game that where they were down, face adversity, came back and they covered. <laughs> we and know it's really important. covered. Some um, of us, one, one of these two hosts, allegedly was very happy that they covered. So. I just, I just no want to say so because it wasn't in the newsletter. It wasn't in the newsletter. It wasn't in the newsletter. Uh, way, to, way to stab me right there, dude. <laughs> all right, I was busy with work. All right, it was tough. I get it. Like, um, but I, I just want us to treat it the same way. I just want us to be consistent with that. When Cincinnati went through a lot, and I think it's unjust that we're just gonna that they're just being written off because they instead of having a power five conference on their chest they have the american for for the next couple of years and so this is a fantastic football team this is one of the best football teams in the country they deserve the praise they're gonna get it here on sideline judgment they're gonna get it this was incredible game incredible team to watch all right
Speaking of Ole Miss that we mentioned earlier, Ole Miss 61, so good. Oh. Tulane 21. We both took Ole Miss, so we both get the points. Um, but I definitely was very – before the game, I was I was loving the Tulane plus 14 and a half just because Oof. I thought Tulane – they hung in with Oklahoma. They looked really good in their next game. I, I thought, oh, this is another good group of five team that won't win because Kiffin is Kiffin and Matt Corral is looking really good. But – Maybe, you know, maybe they cover. Maybe they get in their backdoor cover at the end of the game. No, nah, man. Ole Miss, after a rain delay, this wasn't a rain delay like it was with Clemson. This was a we got to push the, the start time of the game. So the game didn't end until like 1 in the morning Eastern time, um, 12 in the morning uh, local time. Man, Ole Miss is good. This offense is good, man. This is fun because as much as I love FAU and as much as I enjoyed the Lane Kiffin FAU times, um, it's nice to see – Lane Kiffin doing this with SEC caliber talent. Yeah. The it's level like, of oh play God. he's getting is just incredibly different. Like exactly. Um, exactly. Ole Miss's offense is just so fun to watch. I'm so glad we don't play them this year. Um, uh, <laughs> Me and, too, my guy. Me too. And their defense has played really well. Like I, I don't you like you don't fear this defense, I would mm-hmm. say. Right. But the problem is that usually you could always rely on Ole Miss's defense being porous, and mm-hmm. it was a matter of are you going to be able to do your job on offense? Because then mm-hmm. even if Ole Miss will score on you, you should be able to score more than them because their defense sucks most years. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. This defense is at least good. Right. Now, again, I would, I'm not going to fear it if I'm Alabama or Bryce Young, but the fact that I would absolutely fear Matt Corral um, and mm-hmm. that whole offense like does put – because like this isn't a given defense you could score on, right? Like, you know how you know how we were talking about Bama fans were like, "Wow, I hope Georgia beats them, so we don't have to see Florida in the title game." I, I Alabama, I need, I need you to take care of business in Oxford or Tuscaloosa, <laughs> wherever you play them. I just because I'm a Gator fan and I'm I will I will not lose to Georgia. Um, <laughs> that will mean that we'll be in Atlanta and I, Alabama. I really need you to take care of business against Ole Miss because. I've seen Todd Grantham at his worst, and I'm afraid that can come back at any moment. He had one good game. We can't, exactly. we can't let it sidetrack us from his his like career trajectory. Um, and if there is an offensive mind out there that can exploit third and Grantham, it is one Lane Kiffin, and I do not want to go through that. So, Bama, you're, you're, please. You're talking to the right guy here because like, I have two old Miss wide receivers on my college fantasy football team. <laughs> Oh boy, they're okay. gonna buy this week, so I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh, oh god, I know Cincinnati. My defense is gonna buy. I gotta find another defense. Um, all right. Next up, we have Auburn twenty, Penn State twenty eight. Tyler picked Auburn. I picked Penn State, so I got the points on this one. Would have felt Sean, better about it. Sean Clifford is good? Question mark. Good question mark is the right way to approach that. He's better. But, He's better. You know what we did get though, and I'm shocked we got it away from home. What? We got good Bo Nix. We did get good Bo Nix. Auburn doesn't look half bad. No, they like, do not. It's a rare situation, much like the – where it's just like, you know, Auburn lost, but both teams climbed in my opinion of them. Like, right, exactly. Auburn looks better. They were one stupid fourth down call away from making this game, like a real game time at out. the end. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could do me the honors – if we could just eliminate the goal line fade when our running back is named Tank Bigsley, 
That would be great. That would be great. So you have a running back. You're setting yourself up for failure. If you have a running back by the name of Tank Bigsley and you decide to throw a goal line fade on fourth and goal with the game on the line, uh, honestly, not only do you not want to win, but to be honest, you kind of deserve to cut me your check. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You You have to forfeit that week's salary to sideline judgment and Tyler and I will split it because it, it, I'm sorry. It seems only right to me. You, it seems only right and just, I don't make up the rules. I just follow them, but you can't do that. You can't throw a goal line fade when you got tanks Bigsley there. Did you see tank Bigsley after the game too? No, my man was pissed. I'd he had pissed. that. He had that mom just yelled at me for an hour and a half type of look on his face. It was rough. All that just to be snuck, to not be given the ball in the fourth. All quarter, that to not be given this. Yeah, on I fourth. Mean, it wasn't goal. a good throw. Like I mean, I don't blame Bo Nix totally because goal line fades are hard. Um, I blame the I blame the call. I blame the coaching staff. The call is stupid. Whoever, whoever made like, the call. That's the whole, the whole article's been written about this. Goal line fades. I get why people do it, just because it's hard to intercept a goal line fade. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, it's hard to complete a goal line fade so there's that Mm -hmm. but like so it's even harder to intercept i get it on like first and goal or second and goal when you're like if this ball goes out of bounds we got another chance but it's such a low percentage play why are you doing that on fourth and goal you have to get this down you know i figured it out it's almost as bad as the james the james franklin like read option on fourth and five handoff or or and we didn't talk about it the the read option um in the two-point conversion of the Gator I, game. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, which, by I the way, I saw... Wake Forest looking ass play. I saw a picture... <laughs> Wake Forest looking... I saw a picture, by the way, an overhead picture. If uh, Emery if just lets go... it off, it's two he, points. The hole was there. The hole was there. Uh, it was, it's like the hole was either there. decision he could have made would have worked, except yes. for the one that he did make. <laughs> I know, I know. But we, we're done talking about Florida, though. Back okay. to Penn State. I have a Sean rule, Clifford, Tyler. looked better. Sean Clifford, I think, this Penn State team, given the way Ohio State looks... This Penn State team can win the Big 12, the Big 10. I can't wait for that game. That game's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Happy Valley this year, right? I think it's got to be Columbus because there's no way they would have made the whiteout the Auburn game if they knew they had Ohio State coming. Probably right. Because I think they right. only do one whiteout a year. I think so, you're right because Justin Fields played in the whiteout. Because Justin Fields played in the whiteout. Justin Fields played at Penn State last year. Sorry. Exactly. Um, um, I have one rule by before we move on to the last five wide game. Unless your wide receiver is named Calvin Johnson, you're not allowed to throw goal line fades. I uh, support this. Um, I think I think that's the only only player where all four plays. I'm just running a goal line fade. Megatron, go do your thing. It's tough because like if Gus Johnson was there, you know damn well they're giving the ball to Tank Bigsby, but they probably wouldn't be in that situation because like right um, exactly because this thing Bonex has looked way better. He's looked like a more like an actual quarterback playing in an actual offense. Yeah. Still Auburn, so stupid stuff happens. But like, mm-hmm. anyway, um, they got Gus Bust. That's what they, they did. They got Gus Bust by the ghost of Gus Malzahn. Um, that, that's not a ghost. They're paying. They're paying <laughs> to get Gus Bust. All right. Until until that buyout is complete, they're paying there for the Gus no Bust. Ghost. There ain't no ghost. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, last five wide game: Arizona State seventeen, BYU twenty seven. The only thing I took from this game was that Herm Edwards is Prince. <laughs> Herm Edwards is Prince. I tweeted it. You can go find my tweet. S at S D L A E S. He looks. You, you can't tell me that man isn't Prince. Prince okay. didn't die. Prince went. Prince went to coach the Sun Devils. That's all he did. Uh, he I got the, the point. Of, 
I got the point on that one. Tyler picked Arizona State. I picked BYU. No, but all seriousness, Arizona State, they beat themselves. Oh, yeah. This was a game of mistakes. Um, Absolutely. Jane Daniels still makes throws that I'm like, your arms look way too skinny to be able to throw the ball that far. Um, yeah, he's got, like, some, he's got some power in that thing, man. He's got Javante Smith levels of like, your body, what you what you do does not match the physicality that you <laughs> evoke. Like, um, yeah. um, But like, Arizona State's good, but BYU, credit to BYU, they lost Zach Wilson and they're still really good. Um, they, they're not skipping Kalani a beat. Stock, they he's really a good, good coach, so... Very good coach. Um, don't know what to tell you. Give him the USC job. Um, honestly, it wouldn't be sexy, but it might be the it, it might work out. Yeah, honestly, we'll see. Um, I had one more thing. Oh yeah, second week in a row, BYU students. What is the secret? What is the secret? You guys were making some noise, like. My hat's off to you as a Florida alum, as a, as someone who was in the swamp for both the Ole Miss game with Will Greer, moment of silence, and the Auburn game a couple years ago. My hat's off to you guys. Good Lord. Well done. Well done, BYU students. Um, yeah, BYU looks good, dude. They're, I can't wait for them to get to the Big 12. It will be fun to see BYU playing in the Big 12 and playing Cincinnati and playing UCF and, and <laughs> Kansas State and – I'm serious. I don't know why I you're laughing. I love that you led with those two, not <laughs> not yeah. the ones that are already there. <laughs> not the ones that are already there. Like, hey, man, Iowa State, BYU, Big 12 title game. Let's book it. Oh, my gosh. Um, all right, that's it for 5 Y. Let's move to two-point. My two-point this week was West Virginia beating Virginia Tech, which came true 27-21. to 21. I got two points for that one. This was nervous, though. They went up – I think they went up like 27-3. to three. And then Virginia it Tech. Like it was in hand, and then. So when I when I texted you the I texted you the lyrics to "Country Roads" uh, by John Denver, uh, "Take Me Home," and I had thought I thought the score was still like twenty seven to ten or something, and I didn't realize that it was that close. Yeah, and I got away with it. So I definitely prematurely was like, "Ha ha ha!" I got my two point. Um, and then I realized watch at halftime of the Florida game when they showed like the catch up, I was like, Oh, I was in trouble. <laughs> it's like when you look, it's trouble. like when you look behind and you're looking in the rear view mirror and you realize how close you were to being in a car crash. Yes. Like you, you yes. did and you did you don't know until you get out of it, but you look like, Oh <laughs> I almost died on that I one. Died. <laughs> yeah, so that was my two point. Woo. And then Tyler, your two point you got you should thank the SEC reps I for their mistake. There. This is why you haven't seen me tweet anything about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said, nope, SEC reps nah, have done a great I mean, job. Was, look, in fairness, Memphis defeated Mississippi State. Uh, Memphis 31, Mississippi State 29. Large, there's the SEC official thing where it was okay. There was the, they should have blown the kick return dead because it just bounced and hit like a, it was a punt return. They bounced and something. It was a punt return, yeah. And they should have blown it dead. They didn't. Memphis player picked it back up, ran it all the way back for a touchdown. Okay. Regardless of that, throw that out. There were two Memphis players with the same jersey number on the field at the same time. They're like that. that okay, con- but like I can forgive that one, dude. No, but like you never see that happen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You see mess funny- up things on kickoffs all the time. I was just like that. Just bang, bang, clay. That happens. Like yeah. I am myself. I'm confused about what the rules are about when it gets blown dead or not on kickoffs and punt returns. Like yeah, um, I, it doesn't I, I make listening- sense to me, person right. who consumes this sport almost professionally. Like, you know, <laughs> 
And is that what we're going to call ourselves? We consume this sport almost professionally. Watchers, yes. <laughs> um, I love that. That's going to my Twitter bio. <laughs> almost professional college football watcher. I love that. But I was just like, how does no one notice like, know. that they're know, wearing dude. the same number? <laughs> like, but anyway, I hear this. Mississippi State, you should not be in a position where this decides your game against Memphis. I'm sorry. Right. But like this is exactly the reason I picked Memphis because like Mississippi State played the same type of game three weeks in a row and they came out on top mm-hmm. the first two weeks and now they just, you know, pendulum swung in the other direction. So Yeah. Yep. That's just what they are. It is what Bill it is. Bill Clark would never let this happen. Bill Clark wouldn't <laughs> State should have hired Bill Clark. <laughs> Oh Whatever. man! All right. Well, that's it for five wide and two point. That's it for all the games this week. Um, tally up the numbers. Tyler has twelve points. Sergio has sixteen. Oh, look at that! Would you look at that, Tyler? Um, yeah, I feel good about that, right? I do feel good about that. Are you kidding me? Of course, I feel good about that. Uh, Tyler, before we wrap this show up, give us an update for your college fantasy team. What happened to you this week? Got my first win. There you go. Dub season. Beat friend of the pod, uh, Austin Reynolds, uh, his team. I beat them at the last second because my last players going were Dontario Drummond and Jonathan Mingo, two old Miss wide receivers. Because that game got delayed so much. I was yeah. waiting on them. <laughs> and came back to win it by just a couple um, because I was looking bad the first two weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, shout out, shout out Adrian Martinez for not playing that well, that bad for from a stats from a stats perspective. Um, right. So I used you. I'm dropping you pretty soon, but like because uh, <laughs> the Western Kentucky quarterback was on a bye, that's why I needed you, and now I, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, you know, first win feels good. How about you? Uh, I won this week. I am now 2-0-1. I should be 3-0, but <laughs> alas. Uh, I took on... I, I can't believe that. that is. Like, I know. Um, I took on original first ever guest on Sideline Judgment, Courtney Mims. Um, she played Bryce Young like a hypocrite. So, uh, yeah, Court, not cool. Her, her right? team name is still Felipe Franks' trash, by the way. Um, Honestly, though, like I, re- I respect the commitment to the bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, she played Bryce her. Young, who gave her 41 points. Uh, she played Tank, Tank Bigsby, as what we just talked about. Oh, so. man, she's real upset about that fourth down. Well, that, was, that would have been another touchdown for her. But I actually was smart and picked up, picked up uh, Blake Corum, the running back for Michigan, who mm. is now on his third straight 100-yard rush game and third straight game with, I think, two rushing touchdowns. He had 125-yard rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and a reception for 13 yards. He had 32 points. Carson Strong delivered, even though Sam Howell had sixty-eight point nine. Oh yeah, that points. was another game that we didn't talk about. That was way too. There's a lot of oh, points. That's that right. Was a basketball the, score. It was oh. a basketball. It was a basketball score between Virginia and North Carolina, which makes perfect oh, sense. Um, yeah. Um, so I had that. Malik Davis was on my bench. Sorry, dude. He had sixteen points. Uh, by the way, the Malik Davis respect, please, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The Malik Davis respect needs to be coming up, please. All right. Raise the respect for Malik Davis. Thank you very much. Um, I benched John Michi because, you know, like a normal person, I bench the players that go up against my favorite team, Courtney. Um, and then I also picked up former Florida Gator Lucas Kroll. You remember him? Yeah. The tight end who transferred to Tennessee or yeah. to Pitt. 
17 points, two touchdowns, three receptions. Looking good, Big my friend. Fat L. Looking good. <laughs> Big fat L. Shout out to Cincinnati. 26 points for defense. I gotta find me a new um I gotta find me a new defense for this week. So well, you can't have Georgia or Washington, so um I can't have Georgia or Washington. Uh I'm actually playing my brother Diego this week. Um, Tyler, you are playing Courtney Mims. Oh boy. You're playing Courtney Mims, my friend. You're playing Courtney Mims. So that is All college right, fantasy. That is college fantasy. Um, Tyler, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off on this review episode? Another great week of college football. Very entertaining. Um, I watched the game. I've been watching every game, Gator game, at a different Gator bar out here in L.A. Wait, wait. There's multiple Gator bars in L.A.? Uh, so yeah, uh, I, evidently. Now you have to keep in mind, LA is not a very small city. Um, That's true. So the That's fact true. that there's only about four Gator bars that they have games at doesn't mean much. Um, okay. So there's there's one first week it was one in Studio City, which is the closest. Yeah. Next week it was one in Santa Monica, um, and then this last week I drove an hour um, to go to Manhattan Beach. Uh, okay. Because it was meeting some friends who live closer to Manhattan beach. Right. Um, you guys are rotating. We'll just smart. Yeah. We're just smart. But like a lot of these places have managers or owners that are Florida alum or are Florida fans. Got it. Got it was it. a really fun experience. Had some friends from out of town that were in town, uh, that were like, Hey, come to the game. Great mm-hmm. time watching with friends. Um, and then being like, oh, I gotta drive an hour home. Just <laughs> So wait, let me let me. Are are these bars like full of Gator fans, or is it just like they are showing the Gator game, but there's like a few? Um, typically, so the first one had like a separate area that the Gator group, group like used. Okay, cool. Um, then the second one that I went to, that was the 10:30 a.m. game out here. So like, mm-hmm. it, it it was mostly Gator patrons at the bar, but Got it was it. just kind of like anybody was there. This uh-huh. last one, it was like a full section of the bar was where the Gators were. Um, Got it. And there were other areas of the bar that people could go. It was a, it was a college football was everywhere on all the TVs. But it was oh, more, I love that. I really like this bar. If it wasn't so far away from me, I would go more often. Um, mm-hmm. But it was definitely like like it was it was it was a um, oh yeah it was like a United like uh, organized thing. I actually bought a Southern California Gator Club T shirt. Oh, um, that's cool. It is in the wash right now, so I cannot show it to you, even though Love the that. listeners would not get to see it anyway. Um, podcast is a visual medium. Podcasting is visual medium. Um, yeah. But bought it. So now officially, I officially live out here, I guess. Um, That's true. <laughs> yeah, you didn't You didn't live out there until you got the official nah, now, now I'm like Southern part of the California. Gator out here. Now it's official. <laughs> like, Oh, man. That's awesome, dude. I'm glad. I was, I was worried about you for... You know, if, if there were other I almost watched it at home just to like because I thought it was going to be a, a very bad experience for me. So I was That's just true. like, That's but true. I'm glad we it, it's been nice that there's a lot of there's a lot of gator alum out here and you got to go find yeah. them. But they're That's here. True. That's true. Of like 12 million people. So, yeah, actually, you know what? Before we go, I do have one one quick story, a gator story um, at the bar. Right. There was Miami fans there below before. There were a lot of Miami fans that stayed for like probably the first half of the gator game, maybe a little bit more. Um, and they were like outwardly rooting for Alabama. Like as if, as if it was a Miami Florida game, they were like outwardly rooting for Alabama and you could tell and something happened or whatever. And I think we, we got, we went down like 
21 to three. I think right when we got down 21 to three or whatever. And this one guy was like, ha, yeah. Someone yells across the bar. Like, yeah, you're not playing USF anymore. You're not playing FAU anymore. Huh? You're playing a big boy now or whatever. And some guy yells, yeah, maybe next week we'll schedule Michigan state and see how it goes. And the whole bar just erupted in laughter. That's and it was amazing. like, oh, that was good. That was good. My friend, I was so happy. He was got put Solid. in his place though. That's the so one I was th- happy that I watched the game amongst other Gator that patrons as well. That is the one thing that I actually have noticed is absent is that usually when you go to like a bar for these things back in the, like in the Southeast, mm-hmm. or especially in Florida, fans of your opposing team or of teams that don't like your team will be there. Right. And there's none of that. Like there's no Miami or Florida State fans or other SEC fans there to yeah. like everyone else either Pac-12 fan. There was one Virginia Tech fan that was on the other side of the bar to, you know, was with like his friends watch the Virginia Tech game. Right. Beat to that man. Um, but it's like you don't get any of that people coming up or being like, ah, you guys suck. Like um, <laughs> those, those casual jabs, those like Yeah, you don't get any of that. And there's no yeah. one to give it to either. Like um, Right. Yeah. Very that's true. I guess we'll have to see how it how it goes um USC UCLA week. See how Ooh, that goes. I can't wait. See if people come out of the woodwork and they're like all of a sudden like charge on or fight on. What the hell they say? I don't Um, know. I I I think it's It's fight on. It's probably fight on. I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense because they're Trojans and they do the like the Trojan thing. Whatever. Anyway, we've been going on way too long, Tyler. We've been going on way too long. Um, I think that's good for now, my friend. We will be back next week. I'm sorry, next week. Later on this week to preview week four. Um, we have Tennessee, my good friend. Yeah, good old Tennessee we have week. Good old Tennessee week. So <sighs> very excited about here. that. Um, yeah, I mean, I expect a. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it in the yeah. next episode. We will. We will. Don't forget to uh, sign up for the Sideline Judgment newsletter. You can send your email to sidelinejudgment at gmail.com. That's judgment with an E. I will put you on the mailing list and you will receive the newsletter each week. Tyler. With all that being said, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, Tyler. But go Gators. Go Gators.